Praise God. Praise God. Well, Father, you've been so good. I mean, you've been real good. Father, when we think of your goodness and all that you've done for us, our soul cries out, hallelujah. We thank you for saving us, for delivering us, for providing for us, for keeping us, for protecting us, for causing everything to be made well in our lives, and for making us whole, spirit, soul, and body. No one else can do that but you, God. It's not because we're good. It's because you're good. It's your goodness, Father, that has always led us to change the way that we think, Father. To truly repent and line up with the way you've ordained things to be for our lives. And so, Father, you've been good and you'll continue to be good. Because it's just your nature. You're a good God. Father, as we spend time in your holy writ tonight, I thank you that your word is anointed to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Father, I confess and declare that I'm anointed to deliver your word. They're anointed to receive your word. It'll be a collective effort tonight between myself and the Holy Ghost, Father, to minister to the hearts and lives of your people so that not one person will walk out of here the same way that they came in. And Father, at the end, we'll all declare that you are good because we confidently expect that you'll be good throughout this entire service. Ah, uh, yeah, Father. Fono mo shifra ba klon, de mo shifra ba no, fremo shifra ba klon, dorolo bo shifra ba, zene mo zi, fromo ne mo shifra, zene mo, e fraba no robo naharaba she, zene mo shif. Is there someone trying to sell something in here? and you haven't been able to sell it is there someone in this room that just came up in my spirit you're trying to sell something home business it seems like it's been something's been blocking it just haven't been able to sell it come on down here come on down here house come on down here come on down here come on down here anyone else in here it just kind of rose up in my spirit come on down here anyone else trying to sell something house, car, I don't know. I just heard that in my spirit. Just come on down here. Anyone else? Anyone else? Lift your hands to the Father. I want you to declare with this with me, and I know you've already done it, but there's a corporate anointing that's present right now for me to get in agreement with you, and I've already been with some of you. But there's just a corporate anointing in here right now to get the job done. And whatever's been blocking it, your prayers, God heard them the moment you prayed. There's an enemy there that's been trying to hinder this. My job and my assignment tonight is to get an agreement to remove the barrier that's been holding the deal up. And so I declare by faith tonight that whatever it is that you need to sell, we call the buyer in terms and conditions for amount comes to you now in the name of Jesus now declare this before you go back to your seat say my situation, my situation is already sold now now go ahead and thank God give him glory and honor and praise come on
Come on, let's rejoice with them. Come on, let's rejoice with them. Fire cometh to them now in the name of Jesus. Complete terms and conditions. Full price offer shows up on the table now in Jesus' name. You all can be seated. Everyone out there can be seated. Father, bless this service even further tonight in Jesus' name. However you desire to flow or function tonight in our midst, we give you the glory for all the good that will come out of this service in Jesus' name. Wonderful job by our music department tonight. Thank God for them. just setting the table for us tonight. I want to read something to you. I was quick to look this up uh, as we get back into really what a man looks like biblically. Uh, but I want to read something to you. A report that uh, Don Lemon did uh, from CNN. And I always do something called, uh, I think it's called, what is it called here? It's called uh, Polyfact is the uh, uh, website that I go to. But what they do is they do a fact check on pretty much every report that's put out there. Some of you, you can't believe everything that you read. Can't believe it all. And so I, I like to go here to see if it'll confirm what it is that the report said. I want to read something to you because this is alarming. You know, when you travel the world, how I many of you get to see a different way of people doing things? And you see a different value system. Then you also get to see the lack of respect that they have for America. And what it stems from is the decline of the moral values that we uphold. That's where we've lost all our, of our respect. And as a result, it's weakened our dollar. You know, think about going and traveling out of the country and they don't want your money. They tell you that you have to go exchange your currency and then give them their money because they don't even want your money. That's what's happened to America today. And so I think the things that we're going to talk about is Father's Day, is Father's Month, and and I think there's an epidemic going on in our country. And I want to read something to you here. Uh, again, a report done by Don Lemon. It says here, in the middle of a national uh, convention about race following the George Zimmer, Zimmerman acquittal, CNN anchor Don Lemon gave an on-air commentary that went viral on social media. The focus of the commentary was a five-point list of recommendations for the African-American community. Lemon said, if you really want to fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Obviously, I'm not getting ready to read all of them tonight. But the number one item on that list, and probably the most important, he said, has to do with uh, children being born out of wedlock. Just because you can have a baby, it doesn't mean that you should. Especially without planning for one or getting married first. Listen to this. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. 72%. That's alarming. That means about, or that means absent fathers, and the studies show the lack of male role models uh, is an express train right to prison, and the cycle continues. And then it said other things. But when you hear the scriptures that we'll read tonight, I really believe most people don't want to do wrong. They don't have enough examples of what right looks like to compare wrong to. 
And so the epidemic just spirals out of control because people aren't standing up for what's right in our communities today. Obviously, this commentary inspired a lot of criticism. Let me just read these statistics to you from all of the different uh, racial and ethnic groups. Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, 17% of their children are born out of wedlock. Non-Hispanics or whites, 29%. Hispanics, 53%. American Indian and Native Alaskans, 66%. Non-Hispanic Blacks, 73%. I would say we have a real problem in our communities. And listen to what I'm saying to you tonight. I don't think God is going to the government to fix that problem. I believe God is going to hold churches accountable for the problem in our communities. And so we we have work to do. Work that if you look at this in the natural, it is an uphill battle. But if you look at it with spiritual eyes, we're more than conquerors and we're more than able to conquer this giant that's out in front of us. Now this also says two things to me though. Men don't know what it looks like, or males don't know what it looks like to be a man. But listen, ladies, let me tell you what it also says. Ladies don't know what they're looking for in a man. Because you need both of them to participate to get the epidemic that we have. So one clearly doesn't know what he should be. The other one doesn't know what they should accept. And they're getting together at an alarming rate to create a cycle of more of the same. The problem is each generation is getting worse. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now, because the sound system went out the first time, I'm going to start right back over. I mean, I'm not getting ready to let the devil defeat us that easy. I'm getting ready to start right back over and lay that same foundation even though there's a hundred people or so in this building today, how I many know it reaches many more people? I want this to get out there and, and listen. What I'm saying is at some point we've got to do more than preach about it. Because here's the reality. Let me tell you what else I learned traveling. No one's church friendly anymore. The church has no respect anymore. So much so I was talking to a broker today and banks won't even lend to churches. One particular bank, I won't even say the name, cut all loans to churches. Will not loan money to churches. How many of that's a lack of leadership in our churches? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're talking about here the subject of acting like men or act like men. I mean, we say that, but do we really know what that looks like? I don't know if I was raised... How many times have you heard, if you're a male in here, act like a man, be a man? How many of y'all have ever heard that? And usually what was that connected to? Not crying, right? You better not cry, right? Or go fight somebody, you know, depending on where you grew up at, uh, different places that you grew up. First Corinthians chapter 16, Paul at the end of this chapter, he's taking up a collection at the top, then he's laying out his personal plans beginning at verse 5, and then his final exhortation. And I want you to notice he directs this exhortation right at the males. And notice what he said in verse 13 and 14. He says, watch. 
Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. He's talking to males here. Be strong. and Let all that you do be done with love. Now, let's break this down a little bit. Other translations for the term or phrase there, be brave, New King James Version reads, be brave. ASV in the King James Version says to quit you like men. I mean, that's what it says in your Bible, quit you like men, right? Then the ESV and the NS or NASB read this way, act like men. And then the NRSV says, be courageous. And I love the NIV in this particular translation, which, which may at some point become the name or theme of our men's ministry. But it says, be men of courage. I like that. Amen. Be men of courage. So let's break down each one of these words here. He says, the first thing he says there is to watch. Well, let me do this before we go there. Uh, be brave comes from a, a Greek word, and I'll spell it for you. A-N-D-R-I-Z-O-M-A-I. And then Thayer's Bible Dictionary, listen to this, defines this this way. And I don't want to skip over this because it's important. Really two definitions that I want to bring out here. It means to make a man of or make brave. Okay. Why is that important? Because males are born, how many know you have to make someone and raise them to be a man? I mean, just because they grow up doesn't mean that they become a man. Just because they've aged chronologically doesn't make them a man. Right? The Bible, as you're getting ready to see over these next couple of weeks, clearly defines what that looks like. And a man of faith is going to want to line up with how it's defined biblically. Does everyone in here agree with that? So notice, they're born male, but they have to be made men. Which when we get to the back end of this, ladies, if you never hold him accountable, he has no reason to ever become one if you lower his standards. I'll show you that and I'll prove it. And actually, I'll have statistics at the end to bear that out, okay? The next one says, to show oneself a man or to be brave. So you can relate to this, Al, and this is not something that a man talks about. This is something that can be seen by his actions. Nothing he needs to say to identify that that's a man if he conducts himself a certain way. Can everyone agree with that? So we see that these aren't, they don't just grow up, these are made, and then this can be seen. This behavior can be seen. This is conduct that could be seen. So ladies, again, tune in because we've mastered verbal communication and verbal stimulation. Men have. But how many know the actions should speak louder than the words? All right. The word watch here means Paul told them the first thing here to do was watch. This is a Greek word, gregorio, and it's spelled G-R-E-G-O-R-E-U-O. Listen to what it means, to keep awake. That is to watch, to be vigilant, and to be watchful. Another way to say it in plain English, pay attention. I mean, we need to be alert to what's going on around us at all times. So he told them to watch. Then he told them to stand fast. Stand fast is a Greek word, steko, spelled S-T-E-K-O. 
It means to be stationary. That is to persevere. That means to take a stand. Isn't that good? So right away we see a man pays attention and he has a position on something. So I want you to think about this for a minute. If you don't stand for something, that means you'll fall for anything. So then a man has to clearly define what it is that he believes in and then stand on it regardless of what life throws at him. Then he pays attention to make sure that anything that comes into his life that takes him off of that did not come from God. So he said, watch, stand fast. But don't just stand fast. Stand fast in the faith or what you believe. Greek word pistis there, which means persuasion. It means moral conviction and it means truth especially reliance upon Christ. You all know this. It means assurance. It means belief. And it means to believe. So right away, when we're talking about a man, he's paying attention, right? Takes a stand on the truth of the word of God. You know you have a real man when he won't let you budge him off of that truth. And that truth can't be bought. That truth, truth can't be compromised. Come on, somebody. Don't leave me out here by myself. There's nothing you can do to a real man who's standing on truth. Paul told him to watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be stationary. Persevere. Deal with whatever you have to deal with. In other words, fight for what you believe in. Then he says, be brave. The word brave here means to have courage. To act like a man. How many of you know it takes courage to take a stand for God? Amen. It takes courage to say no to premarital sex. Amen. Come on, it takes courage to stay faithful to your wife. Amen. Come on, it takes courage to raise your children. Amen. It takes courage to get up every day and go to work and then bring the money home after you get done with work. It takes courage to pay the bills and make sure. It takes courage, folks, to do the right thing consistently every single day. You have to be brave because the world is going downhill. We're swimming upstream. And it takes courage. So he told him to be brave. Then he said, be strong. What does strong mean? To empower. That is to increase in vigor. It means to be strengthened and it means to wax strong. Now, I want to bring out the word empower here. This tells us then we have to do more than preach to men. We have to empower men through workshops, job link, mentorship programs. Listen to me. And you have to start at the younger generation. Ford Motor Company spent millions of dollars when I graduated from college to start a program called the Youth Education Sponsors Program, which they took 10 of us out of Ford Motor Company to go into three middle schools in the city of Detroit, if for nothing else, to give them a positive role model against what they were seeing all day, every day in their communities. But furthermore, we were there to develop three programs, mentorship, tutoring, and career awareness. That was our full job responsibility was to put these programs into the school because through Ford Motor Company studies, they determined that by the eighth grade, a person's character has been fully developed and whatever they're going to be in life has been established. So if you didn't get them between the sixth and the eighth grade, the chances of getting them while they were in high school were getting ready to be increasingly harder. And four spent millions of dollars. Don't you think the church should be investing in the middle schools? All right. 
So you're kind of giving you a glimpse in the direction that we're going in. And so, listen, you can't lead people somewhere that you've never been. I can't mentor you to be better than what I am. Right? So it has to start with me. Is that correct? All right. So now, so he says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Then I love this. Let all that you do be done with love. That is a man right there. That when everything you do, the motive behind it can be love. And it takes some growth and development to get to that point. Right? Come on, man. Don't leave me out here by myself. Because the reality is with us, typically if you hit me, you're probably going to get hit back. And I don't necessarily mean physically, but you all understand, we usually retaliate. Right? And it takes a man to say, you know what, how, how would God, what would Jesus do? I know some of y'all are like, hey, hey, nah, that's the hand. Nah. But, but let me tell you something. Love is more powerful than any other force in the earth. And the scripture says that perfect love, which simply means develop. It cast out all fear. And you know why men act out? Usually because they're afraid of something. But if I develop my love, now I have no reason to act out because I'm securing myself. Okay? For this study, we're going to break this down. And I can tell you what I was going to do tonight. I was just going to give you an outline get as much as I can in, and then just kind of leave it up to you to study. And the Holy Spirit said, no, if it's just you in there, get it out there. Amen. So I'm going to cover all these aspects of it. Cover all of it. It's important. You know what I've been telling my son here lately as I've been studying this, Minister Deanna Joe? It's what I've been telling him. I said, if I fail at raising you, then I am the ultimate failure. So you're the most important thing. Now, I'm not speaking about anybody else's situation. I said, you and your sister are the most important thing outside of your mother that I'm doing in this life. And I said, I'm, I'm going to give you everything that I have. So that regardless of the outcome, I will sleep so well at night knowing what I put in you. So let me tell you what I've been doing. Sit down, son. Because now you like girls. Let's talk about it. Come on, man. I just want you to be able to say, I don't want you to go through life saying you didn't know. Right? And just like in good fashion, he's an alpha male like I am, he's going to see if I really told him the truth. And what I loved about it, we had a situation, good situation, where quickly God confirmed, uh, and he came right back to me, and he said, you know what, Dad? I think I'm committed to only having friends until it's time for me to get married. Let me tell you what I went to God with after the city. Because, I mean, you got to let them go. You got to let them learn on their own. So I didn't stop him. I just told him the truth and said, now you go figure it out and see if you're smarter than God and your parents. And how many know I knew God was going to support that? Now it's more powerful when he comes back and it's coming from his heart instead of something I'm trying to force him to do. So, so we've been having these just meetings, just me and him. Nobody else in the house. Sit down, son. Let me talk to you. And I end everyone the same way. 
And it's so important to me that you make it. And not that you make it, but you are better than your father. That's so important to me, son. And I have to give you everything that I have. For this study, we're going to focus on the idea of acting like men. Now, again, we talk about that, but what does that really look like? Okay? So we're going to really deal with several areas here. I think it's five of them. As a single person or bachelor, a lot of people would call that. Uh, and we're going to look at it as a husband. All right. We're going to look at it as a father. We're going to look at it as a son. I mean, even though you become a father, you should never stop being a son. And it's so important, the better son you can be, the better father you can be. You'll see that so clearly. So I'm learning now, the better I am with God, the easier it is to raise my son. It's kind of difficult to ask him to obey me and I disobey God. Especially when he's watching everything that I do. And we're going to look at it as a Christian. What does that look like? Okay. And then we'll conclude from there. All right. Let's go to number one today. As a single person or as a bachelor. And ladies, I would write all of this down because they are coming. And they're coming with good game. I'm telling you, the scripture tells us that in these last days, even the very elect will be deceived. Sometimes they can come all the way in and serve, sing on the choir, give you goosebumps when they sing. You confuse the anointing with goosebumps. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Only to find out (laughs) what have I gotten myself into. So you've got to be clear on what you're, what you're looking for. And men, listen, to, to want to be any other standard than what you're getting ready to hear is shortchanging yourself and the people that you love the most. Okay? Let me tell you why men a lot of times don't like this. Because men don't want to be held accountable. Most men are saying, God, this is what I want to do. Now bless it. God is always saying, do this because that's what I'm blessing. It's already built in. Can you all see that? Watch this now. Two things I want to talk about as a single person. Be an example to other Christians. Someone's watching you whether you realize it or not. Okay? Be an example. Two points under as a single person. Be an example to other Christians or believers. Okay? Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I remember when I was a youth pastor telling these 800 kids that I would not sleep with my wife prior to marriage. And and as soon as I started dating somebody, how many of they started following us everywhere we went? Listen, as God is my witness, one time I tried to go, you have to be from Detroit to understand. I went all the way out to 14 Mile and Van Dyke to the movies. When we came out, we saw these little heads ducking between cars. You know why? Because it was, it was more important for them to see if I was actually living what I was up talking about. One time we were leaving for youth camp. 
I made a big mistake, huge mistake. I didn't think this went all the way through. I didn't want to leave my car at the church. So we had to be there at 6 a.m. in the morning. So we're engaged at this time. So I said, why don't you pick me up, drop me off at the church? And then as soon as I got, ooh, because in their mind, nobody woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. They rolled out of the bed. And I was like, I didn't think that went all the way through, right? So I literally, listen to me, had to be accountable and communicate to them. I mean, you just can't let that stuff go away or they'll form their own opinions. So it's important that we be an example to other believers. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 12. 1 Timothy 4, 12. Let no man despise your what? Youth. Let no one do that. But be in what? To the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. How many know purity equals power? It's no longer popular to be pure. But yet, boy, biblically, it is the most popular thing in the world. I believe God challenged me as a 22-year-old young man to live that in front of people and prove that it could be done. Then after I got married, I believe he's challenging me further to live my entire life without ever violating my covenant one time. Listen to this, not just in deed, but also in word. Where no female could ever say that I even said something that would violate our covenant relationship. How many of men need to see that? So Paul charges young Timothy here. Don't despise your youth, but be an example. Now, I want to bring this out. Not to the world. Not to the world. To the believer. Believe it or not, folks, we're watching each other closer than the world's watching us. Just happened to me at the gym. I'm learning more and more people are watching me, not going to say a word to me, right? I'm in a conversation, right? Saw this person eavesdropping in on the conversation. I'd never seen him before in my life, paid no attention to it. Next time I come in the gym, aren't you Pastor Gregory? I thought to myself, you could have said that the other day. (laughs) But what were they doing? Watching. Folks, we watch each other more than the world watches us. Isn't that interesting that he didn't say be an example to the world? He said be an example to other believers. Why? Because when we strengthen each other, now we're one united army to the world. Go with me to Titus chapter 2. He told Timothy that. Look what he told Titus here. Titus chapter 2. Look at what he says. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, or in other words, to have good judgment. And all things showing yourself to be a pattern of what? Good works. And doctrine showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility. Notice Paul exhorted Titus 
to be a pattern, which is another word for an example, of good behavior. So in other words, believers should come in here and learn how to live the life, not just by hearing a message, but by watching other believers in the church. Now, can I throw something out here tonight? Is it possible that people aren't getting married in the church because they don't see enough good marriages in the church? Are they looking and saying, what's the difference between that and everything else that I see? I'm just throwing this out, food for thought. Is it possible that, you know, there's a reputation that the church has that people cut up more in the church than they do out? Is it possible that that's a learned behavior? Is that possible? That they learn that from another believer? Who said God is good? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm blessed coming in. Blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. Above only. Never believe. And what what time are we going to the club this weekend? (laughs) Which would tell another believer it's okay to talk that way and still hang out in the club. I'm just, I'm just, these are observations. Is it possible the church is in the condition that it's in? Because there are not enough examples in the church. I'm just throwing this out. Is that possible? How many of y'all would agree with that statement? So can you challenge yourself to be that example, male or female? I I heard one just strong amen. Everything else was like, let me pray about it first, Pastor. (laughs) And I'll get back to you on that one. So you all can see, if there's no willingness from us, then there's no hope from the world for the world. Amen. So a single man should provide an example, listen to this, of what it means to serve Christ. Do you all agree with that statement? Number two, under as a single person, use your freedom to serve the Lord. How many of y'all know I can do whatever I want to do? Right? We all have that liberty, don't we? But we should use that liberty for service. Now, let me read this and then I'll show you where I'm going with this. Use your freedom to serve the Lord. Paul wrote something to the unmarried people in terms of what they could do. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm about, I'm about 90% sure that at some point what I'm getting ready to share with you is going to happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Use your freedom for the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's begin reading at verse 32. But I want you to be without care or worry. He that or he who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may what? Please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Okay, so these are things that I've been working my son through. Okay, I'm going to challenge your thinking a little bit today. And let's go back into middle school to understand where I'm taking you tonight. How many of y'all had a boyfriend or a girlfriend in middle school? Raise your hand. Okay, y'all don't want to be. (laughs) How many of y'all had a boyfriend or a girlfriend in middle school, right? How many of y'all had that, right? 
How many of that relationship didn't work out? You think that did? Seventh grade. Let's go from sixth to seventh grade. Somebody else fine just came into the school, right? I mean, I had a new one in the seventh grade. Come on, be honest. All right, let's go to eighth grade. I got a few honest people. I mean, I got a new one in eighth grade. Now watch this. Here's the thinking. I got to leave all those young people back in middle school. I'm in high school now. How many of y'all wanted a fresh start in high school? I'm, my hands are up too, right? Ninth grade, it was somebody. Tenth grade, it's my new one. Eleventh grade, I'm driving now. I needed one with transportation too. Twelfth grade, right? Then we go to college. We leave all of that behind us, right? Now you get in college and you need somebody to be booed up with your freshman years. Especially in Ohio when it's cold outside. <laughs> Come on, college people. Am I right or wrong? Right? And, and so you go creeping late at night. This is what I've been challenging my children. I'll challenge you tonight. Nowhere in the scripture will you find language of boyfriend or girlfriend. You may buy this, you may not buy it, but it's biblical. The only language you will see in scripture is husband and wife. Which means... Can you get married in the sixth grade? What are you doing? Can you get married in the eighth grade? What are we doing? Just hot. All we can do is breathe on each other. Wait on our parents to come pick us up in the eighth grade. You remember Teresita? You you hang up. She said, "No, I don't." Well, let me try. Let me just talk about myself. Eighth grade. I'm in love, right? You hang up the phone. No, you hang up the phone. I'm not hanging up the phone. You hang up the phone all night long. Three o'clock in the morning. Are you still there? Press the numbers on the dial and wake me up when you wake up in the morning. So we can say good morning, baby. Then take our little bus tickets and go out to the bus stop and catch the bus to school so we can get back together again. Can't get married in no eighth grade, can you? Right? So, so would everyone in here be willing to admit we made a lot of mistakes during the boyfriend-girlfriend phases? You can almost attribute a lot of who you are today and the character formation from those horrible relationships. A lot of the trust issues, hello somebody, were birthed out of premature decisions.
What is Paul saying here? He who is married cares for the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a girlfriend. Is that what it says here? No, no, it's not. Open up your Bible. That's not what it says. Some of y'all are like, that's what it says. That's not what it said. Some of y'all are like, that's it right there. That's it. That's exactly what it said. That's not what it said. Look at the Bible, please. Did you all hear that? that that's it right there. That's, what, that's exactly what it says. Preach, preach. That's it, right? No, that's not it. How many of y'all glad I'm back? I'm glad to be back. I'm having fun. There's a difference between a wife and a... So, biblically, you are either married... Because we're a long way from this verse right here, Larry. Come on, Larry, don't leave me out here by myself. We are a long way as a church. Find a virgin today. I'm not talking about out there in the club. I'm talking about in church. Find one. Male or female. Thank you. Male or female. Now, don't put pressure on other people because see, then they'll, <laughs> then they'll feel like if I don't raise my hand, I'm telling on myself. So don't, let's not put it, because I mean, we're just trying to grow from here. We can't change what we've done. We can make a decision today to be better. And here's the good news. God is not holding against you anything that you did yesterday. That's the good news. And we have a clean slate. His mercies are new every morning. And we can say from this day forward, I want to be the example that God's called me to be. So Paul said, there is a difference. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's it right there. Uh-huh, yeah. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. Two categories of women the Bible speaks about. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, this is good right here. This is good. I'm not getting a lot of encouragement tonight. That's why I'm walking around encouraging myself right now. It's good. This is good, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor, for not being afraid of people. Thank you, Pastor. You know, a lot of pastors are afraid to tell people the truth. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord. Oh, what does that look like? That she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. That's what should be on her mind. It's keeping herself holy. If that's what's on her mind, it's kind of hard for him to crack that safe. If she's not giving up the combination. 
But if she put in a combination and texted to him, he is coming to crack the safe. That's just real talk. Come on, somebody. Come on. We can act another way somewhere else, but if we're going, let's, let's keep it in the church. Let's keep it holy. Right? But a real church woman, that's what she cares about. And a real church man, that's what he cares about. You know, this is unparalleled enthusiasm in this building. <laughs> this is an enthusiasm uncommon to mankind that I'm feeling and sensing right now. And the electricity is just, we're a long way from this verse, but, but we will get there. In Jesus' name. She can be holy in her body and spirit, but she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Okay, We're not on the fathering piece right now, but I want to help you all understand something with females, especially fathers who are raising little girls. I don't even know how to describe this to you. They put so much stock and faith in what you tell them that when you don't deliver, it begins to form and shape their opinion about all men. Then they begin to compromise because we broke down the moral fiber of what it looks like to be a man. And they'll start accepting anything. And I've noticed acting the way that the father treated them. So he lies, she lies. He can't be trusted, she can't be trusted. So important for us to do what we said we're going to do with our children. I cannot stress that enough to you. I, I, their little hearts are so pure. They become hardened by what they see in their parents. Amen. Believe me when I tell you that. Use your freedom for the Lord. A man or woman should utilize the extra time and energy that they have for service to the Lord. This church should be overloaded with male single volunteers. Amen. Amen. And the day will come where we will sit down the ladies until we have ample support, especially in usher areas, parking lot areas, maintenance and maintenance, uh, logistics areas, etc. Actually, we don't let them do logistics anyway, right? We don't let them do the parking lot. But you all get my point. When you're single, sow your time in service to the kingdom. The scripture talks about when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not yours, 
All that other stuff will chase you down. Just make him your priority, okay? I'm just going to pull out right here. Um, When you're single, and again, I know they're all different categories. How many of y'all are single with children? Raise your hand if you're a single parent with children. And your story is kind of like you're head of household. So when you're talking about serving, and you've got to think about after what's in the best interest of your child. Are you all listening to me? And you cannot, at the expense of your child, spend all your time at church. Are you all listening? And there must be a balance and a cooperation between parent and child so that the church experience is healthy for both. Cannot get them here at 7 in the morning, drag them to Marietta, come on somebody, drag them all the way to Atlanta, because that's what you want to do. You need to listen to your children and make sure it's something that's in their heart too. And I know it's getting ready to shock you. We don't make our kids come to church. When you see them here, they want to be here. Other than that, we don't make them. We don't wake up in the morning, you going? Oh, you. I mean, they'll be here, but they're not here. We don't do that. You see our children. They wanted to come, but we don't make them. Now, is church a priority in our house? Yes. But you're talking about two kids who were born on the front row. They were born in nursery. You all understand? They've been in church their whole lives. And to be perfectly honest, sometimes they say to us, I don't want to, I don't feel like going to church today. All right. Obviously, my daughter starts driving this weekend. This is what we've told her. Part of her responsibility with that is church attendance. Now you're a little older and a little bit more responsible. So now you all have no excuse. You can jump your little brother in there, pick which one you all want to come to. I expect to see you there. Unless you have something else going on, some kind of practice, something school related, I'll see you at the big house. I mean, that's fair. As long as my money paid for that car, that's real fair. <laughs> but my point is, is they were, we didn't force them. We didn't want them to grow up having a bad experience. We made it a part of our lives. Okay? We have a small group. We meet as a family. We're always doing something. They go to Christian schools. They have chapel at school. How many after a while could be overkill? How many of y'all glad you came tonight? Now that I've got that group out of the way, if you're single with no children, we should see you every time the door is open. Where, where else are you at? What else are you doing? Maybe we're missing something. Tell us where you're at when you're not here. But I'm talking about we should have an abundance of volunteers, right? 
which means married couples should be able to volunteer once, twice a month. Single parents should volunteer once, twice a month. Single folks, every time the door is open. Amen. I'm being fun, having fun, but you all understand my point. When I was 22, I served in the youth department. Tamika can verify this. I served in the youth department. Listen to me very clearly. Youth department, uh, counseling center on Sunday morning, campus ministry on Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. How many know that kept me out of trouble? There's no telling where I would have been on Thursday nights if I wasn't at campus ministry. Saturday night, I came home or didn't go anywhere because I had to get up early on Sunday morning. Remove getting up early on Sunday morning. And boy, you know what's happening. (laughs) I'm finding something to get into. But I found the more I stayed involved, the more accountable it kept me. And I started figuring out that any time I was isolated and by myself is when my mind went crazy. So I found out sin had its power in secrecy. When no one knew where you were at and what you were doing. I'm done for the night. I know you all are like. That's good stuff right here. Good stuff. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. We need to be better examples. Let's stop thinking about who's watching me out in the world. Think about your brothers and sisters right here in the church. You know how many women, can I just, are are hurt in church because of how somebody did them in church? Who they thought was a certain way? You know what that does to a female? I thought it was different in the church. Oh, they out cold in the church too. And God forbid if she takes this route, I might as well be out cold too. Then God forbid the pastor. He knocking them off. Boom, boom, boom. But it happens, folks. Unfortunately, it happens. So then the ministers see that. they like, oh, this is how this works. So the example that he set caused other people to head down that road. See how this works? Now you see why Paul emphasized being an example to other believers. It strengthens the body. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Good stuff tonight. Well, I'm so glad you all came tonight. Lift your hands to the Father. Let's just thank him for what we heard tonight. Oh, we've got our work cut out for us. Man, we've got a We've got an uphill climb. But with God's help, we are more than able to conquer this mountain. It's going to take a collective effort.